0: Welcome to the season two final of that one show and what a season it has been. I can't thank the listeners enough for not just listening but also sharing. We've grown tremendously over this year and this being the season final we're going to do something on the show that we've never ever done and that is a no topic episode. I've done no research on any specific topic at all. A because I'm worn out and lazy and just didn't feel like putting in the work uh of researching a whole new episode so what i did is earlier in the week i opened up the listener mailbag you the listeners are controlling the show today you sent in questions it was ask me anything it could be music related or it could not be it does not matter we've got a little bit of both i think we've got around 22 questions And joining me today to act as a proxy for you listeners who sent in questions is the one and only Dixie Combs. How are you today, Dixie?
1: I'm good, Brian. Guys, thanks for having me back again.
0: So, Dixie, you own the distinct honor of co-hosting this episode more than any other person. How does that make you feel?
1: It makes me questionable about your viewing, or your listening audience, rather, that makes me question them a lot. Well, they,
0: they really do enjoy it when you come on, and we've done several episodes together this year. Uh, we ranked Tyler Childers songs. We ranked movie soundtracks. We did a Christmas episode just a couple of weeks ago, a, a boy band episode. Did, did any of those stand out to you as your favorite that you took part in?
1: I personally like the boy band episode because that was mine yes so yes you uh, actually
0: hosted that show come up with uh, that episode came up with the idea and i was just in the co-host passenger seat along for the ride on that one
1: yes you were and you did a fantastic job as you do with every episode that you put together and you work so hard and your more focused featured episodes like loretta lynn and jerry lee lewis and stuff I don't appreciate those as much as I should, to be honest, just because they're a thinking man's podcast episode. Um, I am not a thinking man. so you're um, not a man,
0: hopefully. Well, I'm
1: I'm not. We've been married for
0: for almost 19 years now.
1: But anyway. You got something you need to tell me? Anyway, (laughs) what I'm saying is you work really, really hard, and I think you've got a little bit of something for everyone out there. So, Well,
0: Well, thank you. So let's get right into it. What is today's first Ask Me Anything listener question?
1: All right. So somebody wanted to ask you the question. Do you think true country music will fade out in the coming years?
0: So true country music, I'm assuming they mean music that we feature on this episode and that does not normally get played on the radio because true country music hasn't been played on mainstream radio in a long, long time. Probably since maybe forever. (laughs) <laughs> but no i don't because you always uh have artists that are coming up like uh cole cheney logan Haas did for for example who are young guns who are influenced by uh artists that have kept true country music alive over the years like sturgill simpson tyler children's etc cetera, etc cetera. and then you know in a decade from now those folks will be influencing a whole new generation of people that have listened to and want to play true country music even though you'll never hear them on the radio okay. so no my answer to that is no
1: it will not fade out okay uh number two somebody wanted to ask you i know you like pearl jam but what was the first singer or band that turned you on to music Mm. i think you've addressed this earlier on but
0: that was on i think that was on actually a patreon exclusive episode Oh, okay so all five of you all five of you who subscribed to my patreon I, i i apologize if you've heard this question before but i'll try to give the same answer now as i did then so the first uh time i was turned on to music was probably five or six years old and that was just by osmosis on what my dad listened to uh he he's he was the music listener of the house so that would have been the cars and bruce Springsteen and u2 and rod stewart the first time i remember finding like something on my own it was a eight track of the tattoo you rolling stones album and i found it in an attic of a relative and played it on my dad's eight track stereo and was blown away i think i might have been seven or eight at the time so you would probably have to say the first band that i quote unquote discovered on my own even though they'd been out for 25 years at that point would be the rolling stones i'm still a fan of those folks today
1: all right very good so now everybody knows yes yes very good that person will appreciate that answer all right uh number three judging from your tweets oh lord do you love the twitter All right. Judging from your tweets, you enjoy movies and books as much as you do music. What is your favorite book and favorite movie of 2022?
0: Okay. My favorite movie is Easy. I think I've watched, uh, I'm I'm assuming they mean uh, a movie that was released this year. Yes. So my favorite movie that has came out this year would be Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It is so good. If you've not seen it, please take the time to watch it. Pay attention to it. Don't be distracted with a phone or what have you. It's one of those movies you really need to pay attention to. It's so layered. It's a science fiction. It's a family drama uh, about the relationship between mothers and their daughters. It's an action movie. It's just so much, so much movie. And I love it dearly. And if there was any any justice in this world, it would win the Academy Award for Best Picture. But we all know those old fuddy-duddies do not award movies like that. Uh, And uh, my favorite book that I've read this year that was actually released this year would be Storyteller by the one and only Dave Grow, which is Autobiography.
1: I knew you'd pick that.
0: And uh, I'm a huge fan of autobiography, specifically from musicians. And that was so good. And the thing that struck me at the time, and this was previous, this was this was actually before he passed away, but Dave wrote at length in there about his relationship with Taylor Hawkins, who tragically passed away this year but was the longtime drummer for the Foo Fighters and how much they loved each other like brothers, even though they weren't related. Uh, before either of them got married, they would just drive across the United States together with no agenda, no map just town to town, and just spend months on end together. And then I, I, I immediately thought back about that chapter in the book when I heard of Taylor's passing, and it really, really made me sad. But I don't mean to be a downer. Uh, the book itself is not sad. It's, it's it's a very good book. Dave is very funny, and in addition to be a very talented musician, if you've ever seen them live, you know how... He could literally be a stand-up comedian if he wanted to be.
1: He's one of those guys that... I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, you want to be friends with him, but then I would be very intimidated by him because he's going to say whatever comes to his mind, yeah. and it's hilarious. So well, he could he could knock you down very quickly. <laughs>
0: if you're a fan of nonfiction, specifically bi- biographies and autobiographies, I highly, highly recommend Dave Grohl's book, Storyteller.
1: All right. Um, so this is a question number four. You can only pick one, Metamodern Sounds and Country Music or Purgatory. Okay,
0: so this person's asking if I had to choose between Sturgill Simpson's Masterpiece, Metamodern Sounds and Country Music, and Tyler Childers' Masterpiece, Purgatory, what would I pick? Long, Obviously, this person has not listened to very many episodes of that one show, but hopefully they'll dig into the archives between now and season three because I unequivocally in several episodes, have expressed my love for all things Sturgill Simpson. I do love Tyler as well, and I do love that album. But without Matter Modern, there'd be no purgatory. There wouldn't be a lot of albums. Sturgill literally kicked the door down. And, you know, the first question was, do you think true country music will ever ever fade away? And I answered no, and that's in huge part to Matter Modern Sounds, which is probably the most important album of the last... I would say 20 years period, any genre, little long country. It just opened up so many doors for folks that were making awesome music, but getting no promotion from the record labels and, and even less than that from the radio. So I will always, always, no matter what other album you want to stack up against it. If you had to eliminate one, I will never eliminate Met or Modern.
1: All right. Uh, so we'll transition to something that's totally just obscure. What is your favorite candy bar?
0: <laughs> Hershey's with almonds.
1: There you go. No, no doubt. <laughs> no, I won't
0: talk about oh. how candy bars for a minute. We're not going to move on that quick. This is an important <laughs> subject. So I am not a big eater of sweets. I don't like cake. I don't really like pie unless it's pecan, specifically from a mammal. Uh, but I do love chocolate. Dixie, Can you can attest to how much I love chocolate. If there
1: is chocolate in the house... Then you witnessed a miracle. It's yes. it's going to be gone the next second. There's
0: a, there's very few candy bars that I do not enjoy. Uh, that would probably be limited to Mounds and Almond Joy and Payday, and that's that's just it. Any other rest of them, I will gulp them down. And Dixie share with the folks on how I normally eat a candy bar, full size candy bar too. He
1: doesn't eat a candy bar; he vacuums it into his mouth.
0: How long would it if they if they was an actual? Just regular, full-size Hershey's with almonds sitting right here. How long will it take me to eat it?
1: Let's see. You break it in half, and you shove the whole thing in your mouth. So, it one second? <laughs>
0: well, I have to unwrap it, so two seconds, maybe three. Yeah, it's two
1: seconds. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't get past the unwrapping part. Yeah,
0: there. let me give a quick out, shout-out to the Reese Cup because it's my second favorite, but it's also the most versatile of all candy bars. You can eat it room temperature. You can get it a little gooey, warm it up just a tad bit. You can put it in the refrigerator or... You want to get really get froggy? You can freeze that thing and eat it almost like an ice cream.
1: Okay, so right now, if the if uh, Reese's PR team heard your description right there, then they
0: need to come on board. They,
1: they would want to sponsor this show. And listen, and Reese's,
0: <laughs> it wouldn't cost you much. In fact, it won't cost you any money. Send me like a, a year supply of Reese cups, and for me, that would be like a million.
1: So he could describe it over and over. And I
0: will eat them, and then I will give you a shout-out on the show. <laughs> All right, let's go. move on.
1: All right. So, number six, when it comes to classic 80s movies about the Vietnam War, <laughs> where do they come up with this? Uh, do you prefer Full Metal Jacket or Platoon?
0: Okay. So, I'm a big fan of movies. I'm a big fan of the subgenre of war movies, and... I really, really do enjoy both of these movies, but I have to go with Stanley Kubrick's classic Full Metal Jacket, which is kind of two movies in one. Uh, the first half is sometimes really funny, even uh, specifically because of uh, Lee R. Emery, who played the drill sergeant. He is a sadistic son of a bitch, and he, put, he picks out one poor old fella that he nicknames Private Powell played masterfully by Vincent, Vincent D'Affrono, who later pl- played Kingpin in the Daredevil series on Netflix. Um, and spoiler alert, even though this movie is some 40 years old at this point, uh, it about an hour and a half in, it takes a turn because Private Powell, literally driven to madness by this drill sergeant, kills himself. And then the second half is about that particular company graduating from boot camp and being sent to vietnam and what happened to them there stanley Kubert is probably one of the three or four best directors in the history of movies for my money he never really made a bad film and uh and full metal jacket is an absolute masterpiece and uh I, i would have to choose it over platoon
1: all right so like let me insert my own question here which is your favorite war movie that uses a song, Fortunate Son? <laughs> There's so many.
0: I don't think, I mean, has there ever been a Vietnam War movie that didn't use Fortunate Son or Creedence that Clearwater American Revival? Pie. I mean, I would say John Fogart is probably able to just to live off the royal He piece, is done. Uh, He's set for life. I don't know, but let me tell you the best use of a Creedence Song in the history of film is in the Twilight Zone movie. Yes. They use Midnight Special. When that monster was out on the wing of that plane, you remember that. Is that is my
1: favorite. That is my favorite use of a CCR sign. Yes,
0: yes. Yep. All right. Well, okay. Let's move on.
1: Um, you have a line drawn with an additional question. We maybe? had is this yeah to we've to got indicate a break or? no no we
0: I had I had these typed up and printed for you, but I had two. I know where this question. Went I had from. two questions come in from loyal listeners and sports <laughs> show. Normally, I cut this off on Friday, but these two gentlemen, I've made an exception to, so we'll get. We'll go ahead and ask both of them right now back to back. So what you're
1: saying is these two gentlemen do not follow rules or...
0: They do not, but they are friends and listeners and longtime supporters (laughs) of this show. So I made an exception just for these two folks. All
1: righty. If you insist, I know exactly who asked this question. If you had to pair a genre of music with a... What? A phenomenal coffee porter from Drunkle Brewing... What genre would it be?
0: So okay, this obviously comes from Lee Fink. <laughs> and Lee has done two things here. Number one, that sneaky He's bastard drinking. has got him some free advertising for his beer company he has established called Drunkle Brewing. That tight wad was it's too tight to actually sponsor this show, but he snuck this in as a to, question <laughs> to, as a question to get him some free advertising. <laughs> and number two, longtime listeners of the show know there's a drinking game. And anytime I say phenomenal or genre, you have to take a drink of your beverage of choice. And he snuck that in three times in that question. So y'all would have to drink three times yep. to play along at home. Yep. So I have sampled this coffee porter a few weeks ago from Drunkle Brewing. And it was very good. I'm not just saying that because he is my brother-in-law and my friend. And I'm not just saying that because he sponsors the show. Because he doesn't. <laughs> it is legit good. So... I, a porter for you that don't know is generally a more stout, dark beer, and I don't I enjoy those during the fall and winter. So in the fall and winter, I really like listening to sad, slower songs. So I would have to say Americana slash classic country. Right off the top of my head, I would say anything from Dwight Yoakam or Randy Travis would be phenomenally. To listen to while enjoying a tasty coffee porter by Drunkle Brewing.
1: All right, very good. I think they're actually making a batch today, Audrey said. So maybe he'll have something for you.
0: So, let's. This is this next question comes from Charles Hurold, who is a good friend of mine and who joined me on the Wilco episode and who will be back in season three.
1: All right, let's see if he can follow directions from here on out. All right. <laughs> let's ask this late question. He had a
0: legitimate excuse on why he couldn't get in by Friday.
1: Okay, all right. I, Charles is the man, so I'll, I'll be nice. All right, if you were stuck on a desert island and could only take five music videos with you, what would it be? Five music videos. Yeah,
0: this is, this is a little twist on what five albums or five songs that you could take with you, because literally this will... For the rest of your life, all you will have to A, listen to, and B, watch. So you have to weigh the balance on how good the music video is itself as well as how good the song itself is. So this is a very difficult question, Charles.
1: It's pretty cool that you have a a way to play videos and well, music you, on a desert island.
0: You just got a TV.
1: Charles has hooked you up. I guess, All right. I'd
0: say you've got an iPad and these five music videos are what over. Maybe you
1: had a VCR. Well, that'd be even better because <laughs> that's
0: how you used to watch. Back in the day, we would t- just record vi- music videos on a VHS and just watch them over and over. Yep. So the first one I would pick would be Do the Evolution by Pearl Jam because I'd have to have a Pearl Jam song. Uh, and it is a awesome song, one that gets me pumped up. And it is also uh, a totally illustrated video. And the first one they did in almost a decade. Uh, they did a music video for Jeremy and didn't make another one till this one, I think, about seven years later. And Todd McFarlane, who created Spawn, uh, and who is a fantastic uh, artist, specifically comic book writer and artist, uh, did the video for that. Number two, I would pick... Subterranean Homesick Blues by Bob Dylan, because I'd have to have Bob Dylan, and I know you get on to me because I say Bob Dylan invented a lot of things.
1: He did not invent the music. He hundred
0: percent did. In Jeez. the nineteen sixties, it was actually a scene in the movie called I think it's called Don't Look Back, which is a documentary where D. A. Penny Baker followed uh, Bob around on a European tour in the sixties, and he stood out on the street while just regular folks passed on foot, bike, and car with big old handwritten signs uh, with words that you will find in this video and just flip through them, and it literally invented the music video. So how could you not take the first music video with you?
1: Way to go, Bob Dylan.
0: So my second one would be uh, Forever Young by Rod Stewart because it would remind me of my dad. And if I'm stuck on the damn air Island, I'm probably never getting to see my dad again. And it is a good song, even though it is a cover of a Bob Dylan song. So Bob has kind of snuck in there twice already. (laughs) Um, Sturgill Simpson has never done an official music video, so I cannot pick uh, his. But if I cheated, and I'm going to cheat, Charles, because you cheated and got this thing in two days late, I'm taking the short film... Sound and Fury that's on Netflix which is one 45 minute music video set to his entire album Sound it and is Fury.
1: Awesome yet disturbing. And so, so I'm I agree taking with
0: I'm, you there. I'm taking that. I have two left.
1: What? You had Bob? You're like on one left. I've
0: got one left, my bad. i will try to sneak a sixth one in there. Come
1: on now, we don't got all day.
0: <laughs> so I would just have to go with for my fifth and final choice November Rain. Because it very likely is the most excess and greatest video music video in the history of music videos. It makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, it features Slash coming out of a church in the middle of the desert just wailing on the guitar. And I would have to be able to watch that for, uh, for the rest of my life if I've only got five music videos. Okay. So to recap, November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Bob Dylan, who invented the music video with Subterranean Homesick Blues. Rod Stewart with Forever Young. Sturgill Simpson, Sound and Fury. And what was my other one? Oh, I, like I forgot, good. but they were five good ones. Let's move on. How many <laughs> questions we got left? A
1: bunch. All right. Where are we at? We're at number nine. Okay,
0: let's do nine and ten, and then we'll take a quick break.
1: Okay, who is your favorite guitarist?
0: Mike McCready, the guitarist for Pearl Jam. He was the first when i discovered pearl jam when i was probably around 12 13 uh it was the first time i really while listening to music keyed in on the guitar chords and solos and he if you ever see pearl jam live he is just phenomenal and uh, he will has probably for the last i guess close to 30 years now been my favorite guitarist there you
1: go and this is
0: the last question and we'll take a brief break And come back with uh, the last half of the questions. All
1: right. Who is your favorite superhero?
0: (laughs) So, the only correct answer to this is Batman. And you ain't going to hurry me along on this because I've written an essay about this, but I'm not going to read it. He is the only fully human, other than Iron Man, superhero. But Iron Man does not take as big a risk as Batman because Batman goes out nightly to try to clean up his city that he loves of Gotham, knowing he may not live to see the next morning. All he has is his brains, his money and his technology. And he literally risks his life. Anytime he is out there trying to help innocent people, no matter where they may be. And he oftentimes takes on supernatural beings that are far more, strong and superior to him but he outsmarts them
1: he has more money than they do and
0: my great my one of my favorite comic books of all time is the dark knight returns by frank miller batman is pretty much retired in it but comes out of retirement and he and superman get in a fight and you would think on the surface that fight might last five seconds because superman who is a cool in of itself but he's the most born superhero because he never has anything to risk he's literally superhuman and has a and like most superheroes will have one power he has them all yes and that's just not fair but batman he tricks old superman whips his ass with some gloves made of kryptonite and then trash talks him while he's laying in the ground bleeding and that's my favorite panel of any comic in the history of comic books so my favorite superhero is batman We'll take a brief break and come back. I think we've probably got maybe 10 questions left. Yes. Nine or 10, give or take. And we'll finish that up. So we'll be right back. That will take- we are back. And Dixie Combs has once again joined me on the season two final of the podcast, and she is acting as a proxy for the listeners and asking me questions. I put it out on social media earlier this week that I was doing an Ask Me Anything listener mailbag to shut down season two. We have probably around 10 questions left or so, so let's get right back into it.
1: All right. Number nine. Well, I guess after you add in the guys that added their questions later, this is actually yeah. like number 11. No, that's fine. We won't okay. worry about
0: numbering from now on. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, all right. What is your favorite music venue?
0: My favorite place to see a show was probably the Louisville Palace Theater. It uh, is a it's very, it's, go- it's a gorgeous venue. Uh, the sound and acoustics is so good. Uh, Probably holds maybe around 2,000 people, so you're not in amongst 25,000 people like at a arena or stadium. Uh, most of the time, if you're seeing a show there, the audience is very respectful of the artist and not just trying to talk over them. I do have to give a quick shout-out to the Burl, though. Uh, as far as smaller independent venues, that's my favorite. It's literally an old converted train depot in Lexington. that's a music venue, and uh, I, I've never, never not enjoyed myself there seeing a show.
1: Very good. All right. Uh, who do you think is the best singer or band that crossed over between country and pop or rock? Taylor Swift.
0: I'm just kidding. So the, the easy answer this is Sturgill Simpson because it's he... It's not Taylor? Has Taylor been nominated for a Rock and Roll album of the year?
1: It has, says pop or rock.
0: Okay. Well, has has Taylor been nominated for... A bluegrass album of the year. I
1: have no idea. No, she hasn't.
0: <laughs> Taylor, or Sturgill Simpson is the only man to ever been nominated for a country album of the year, a rock album of the year, and a bluegrass album of the year. But if you're going to throw pop in, you would have to say maybe Taylor. Although I would say she was never country because what she would put out in her earlier albums was pop. She just kept getting more pop as she went along. So gotcha. my answer is Sturgill, as it is to most things.
1: All right. Okay. How does it feel to have the coolest wife ever? <laughs> Sorry, I just I wouldn't know. Question was on there.
0: I wouldn't know. No, I know. No, I right? would. It mm-hmm. is awesome, man. I will wake up every day thanking God that for whatever reason you have stuck by my side all these Aww. years. I've
1: got one fan out there. That's awesome. You've got several fans <laughs> out
0: there. Trust me.
1: That's awesome. I am the coolest. Just saying. All right. Next is: uh, Should someone from Kentucky that mixes bourbon and Coke be deported? And if so, what state should they be exiled to?
0: Well, uh, yes, because you shouldn't mix anything with bourbon unless you're making maybe an old-fashioned. And, uh, I mean, you come on, man. Drink your drink your bourbon neat or on the rocks. That's the only two ways to drink your bourbon.
1: Or an old-fashioned.
0: Or on a rare occasion, Which, an old-fashioned. What fashion.
1: does that require? What's an old-fashioned got in it? Well,
0: it's just got a little bit of... Uh, uh, I don't know. I've never you didn't made do one. Do your research. Well, I, I like old fashioned, specifically <laughs> the one that the venue in Moorhead makes. But I, uh, yeah, if you're pouring Coca-Cola into uh, an into bourbon, you're just really, really an idiot, and more than likely a cheapskate. And uh, you don't like real bourbon, so the only answer as to what state you should be sent to would be Tennessee, <laughs> the worst of all fifty states because if anybody tries to act like jack daniels is good bourbon a it ain't bourbon because it's not made in kentucky and b it stinks so you should be exiled to tennessee and forever be mixing your jack and your coke
1: all right so that leads us into the next question if you could only drink one kind of bourbon for the rest of your life what would it be
0: Well, see, this is a very difficult question because it'd have to be something you enjoy and that you'd never tired of, but also you wouldn't want something that maybe was 120 proof that would just knock you on your hind end after just a couple sips of it. So I will have to go with just regular four roses. It is smooth. It is not so stout that you can't sit and sip on it. And uh, if I had to just drink that, as my go-to bourbon for the rest of my days i would be okay with that
1: all right so while you're sipping your bourbon go ahead and contemplate who are your favorite top five bands of all time
0: you all really wanted to try to get me to do some episodes out of this when you sent these questions because if you notice several people were making me rank top fives of things yes so my top five bands of all time obviously pearl jam this is no particular order by the way these and I'm just going by the five bands I've probably listened to the most in my life. Okay, and huh. this is bands, not solo artists. Gotcha. Pearl Jam, Weezer, the Avent Brothers, U two, and the Rolling Stones.
1: Very good. Very good. And I just
0: basically boiled it down to what who have I listened to the most in my life? <laughs>
1: there you go. And you—that's right a right hard,
0: off. hard question.
1: <laughs> All right. So, just another rando here. What is? The secret to a good homemade mac and
0: cheese. I this is the most. This
1: isn't all mac and cheese. This homemade? is one of the most
0: bizarre questions that came in.
1: They mean make your own noodles and so stir so your own cheese.
0: N- no, so I, I don't it know. It all what, comes
1: out of a box. Right? I don't
0: know what I I don't understand. But now most people's go to is craft mac and cheese. But if I want to really do it, do it upright, I'll get, I'll get the Velveeta yeah. box with that Velveeta cheese, and then I'll make it and stir it up. But then i'll put it in like a like a bacon type container and sprinkle a bunch of more actual shredded cheese on top of that bad boy and bake it for about 10 minutes and then put a little grated parmesan cheese on top of that bad boy and then i wouldn't poop for a week after i eat
1: (laughs) well thank you for that um (laughs) that's a lot of cheese that is a very good whole i guess that would be homemade because you made it your own right in your home
0: yep so there you go
1: very good what is the Furthest you've ever traveled for a concert?
0: Do you remember? Because you were part of this.
1: Oh, don't make me ask. Don't don't try to trigger my memory. I can't.
0: Las Vegas Las to Vegas. see the one. Now, if you're going to, oh, La, Tom, yeah, if you're Tom going Jones. to Las Vegas, who who are you going to see?
1: Tom Jones. That's right. That
0: the man. We were in college, and a drunk driver hit me head on, and uh, to this day, 22 years later, I my back still screwed up on account of that bastard.
1: But you got some memories of Tom
0: Jones. I but I got a settlement. I bought a new car. I put some in the bank for when I graduated to self apartment, and with the rest, me and you went to Las Vegas for four days, and we saw Tom Jones, and it was glorious. It was in a little small venue, maybe five hundred people. Uh, he was probably in his sixties at the time, and he started. He was wearing a silk button up shirt, and the first and the first song, just the top button was unbuttoned.
1: Somehow there was a fan. But
0: then, the- but then, and then. Uh, slowly but surely more and more buttons came on done until the shirt itself was totally open yep. if that wasn't enough magically damnation if a fan didn't appear and just start blowing it back yeah and uh
1: he was, he was pointing out his women he, to join them.
0: And uh, he would, groupies, if they were young and attractive, he would let them come on up and dance, and then they would take them backstage. And I felt sorry for this poor fat woman that kept kind of get on stage, and they kept making her sit back down. You remember that? Yep, I
1: remember that. Yep. She had something waving it all night, too. I'm pretty sure it was panties. It
0: was a big old pair of panties. Yeah. Big old he pair. picked her. I thought it was a parachute at first, but no, it was a pair of panties.
1: Brian, that is not nice. All right, so... Next is do you have a favorite episode of your podcast?
0: Well, I love every episode I've ever done because they've all taken time and effort. (laughs) Uh, I really enjoy when I have guests. Uh obviously, I really enjoy having you on because I keep inviting you back. But if I have to pick a favorite, it would be one of my most proud moments, and that is the top 10 British Bands podcast I did with my daughter Natalie because she is only 14 but she over the last couple years has been in, like i did at that age discovering what music she likes and she came to me with that idea for that podcast wanting to do it and that made me very proud and i was proud of not her just wanting to do that but the time and research and effort she put into herself by selecting her 10 bands and i'd have to say if anybody has listened to that or goes back and listens to it you know that she came up with a better list than i did
1: she sure did Yep.
0: So I'd have to say that one. Top 10 British bands, if you've not listened to it, go back and listen to it. All right. Because for one thing, every time somebody listens, I get a whole penny.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: And I promised Natalie that forever, ever how many much money that that episode generated, I'll give to her. So she hopefully wants to just keep getting the royalties of that for that episode for the next several years. So go back and listen to that one, yes. folks.
1: Yes, she also gets to count it as part of her National Junior Honor Society. Uh, volunteerism and outreach and educating the masses of British music. So, yes, yes, uh, go back and listen to that if you have not or re-listen. All right. So what new to you artists that you discovered this year are you most excited about?
0: Okay. So if you all have listened to the previous episode in which my buddy Jason Potter joined me and we ranked and discussed our 10 favorite albums of the year you heard me gush over this person and the album that they released this year. It is Adeem the Artist. Now, they had released a previous album last year, but I had never gotten around listening to it. So this was my first time really listening to Adeem. And I'm blown away by this album. Uh, Even though it was literally released uh, about six days before I recorded my top 10 list, I totally had to redo my list and it... Didn't just make my top 10, but my top five, it came in at number four. It's called White Trash w- Reverie, and I can't... You struggle pr- with those R's. I, I can't pronounce that. Reverie?
1: <laughs> Reverie. Rev- R- yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> R- regardless of how I'm butchering the name of this album, please go listen to it. Brandy Carlisle said Adem was the best uh, writer, uh, new writer of songs in Americana today, and that is high, high praise coming from Miss Carlisle. Mm-hmm. The songs are deep and meaningful and will make you think. And if you're like me, a couple of them will make you cry. So easily, the favorite artist I discovered this year that I like the most, and I can't wait to see what they will do in the future, is Dean the artist.
1: Yes, we listened to them last night. So very, very good. Yes. All right. So, oh, wait, I forgot to do my little check mark there. Got to keep it straight. All right. When's the last time... I can't say this. You have to
0: read them verbatim.
1: When's the last time you pooped your pants?
0: For the record, it says when was the last time you shit your pants. I try not to
1: cuss.
0: That's not cussing. It's in the dictionary. Can't do it. And uh,
1: There's children listening. I doubt it. (laughs) I work at a school, people. It's really hard to say those words.
0: So... I have to I bet this this question's crazy, and I don't know if I can pinpoint the time, but I'm you
1: really can just make something up. You don't have to be honest.
0: I'm sure that in the last few years, I've sharded if that counts. <laughs> oh I don't know. I can't tell this you this that...
1: person needs to be whipped for even asking. this Can question.
0: you guess who this was?
1: It's uh
0: do you know him?
1: It's probably you. No, probably, it, I, I did not. I want to answer this. I'm going to add this to the list. Okay,
0: if I if I literally, I'm
1: suspicious of a few of these questions.
0: If I here. if I am the type of person that would sneak this question in, so because I, I just wanted to tell the listening public when well, last time I pooped my pants, I need help. No, this is a real person <laughs> that you know that wrote this question in. Come on now, John
1: Thompson. Absolutely, it is John
0: Thompson. And so, oh, John, goodness. I can't pinpoint it for you, brother but I'm sure I have sharded sometime in it the last few years. It wasn't memorable
1: enough for it him wasn't,
0: to... <laughs> I, did, I didn't write it in my diary today, April 2nd, 2018. <laughs> and I shit myself, so I can't tell you, John. I don't know, brother.
1: Sorry, John. <laughs> All right. So I believe this is the last question last on your question. list. Are you ready to wrap it up here? Yes. All right. Can you announce any episode topics you have lined up for season three and when will season three premiere? Oh, he's getting his phone out. He's yep. got a list. He's going to list his list.
0: So here's what we got going on. See, uh, I'm very excited about Season 3, and I'm not going to spoil the whole uh, season for you, but I do have several episodes that I can go ahead and announce. Uh, Kicking off the first week of January, January 5th, the Season 3 premiere will be something we actually just discussed a little while ago. And that is an entire episode dedicated to Sturgill's metamodern sounds and country music and why it is the most important album of the last 20 years. John Thompson, who is often been mentioned on this show, will finally be making his debut with an uncensored, unscripted, top 10 Weezer songs. You'll be joining me again for a top 10 Brandy Carlisle song. And I in another episode later in the season, ranking our 10 favorite Jason Isabel songs. Uh... Also, I will be doing a episode on the Counting Crows' great album, August and Everything After, because next year is its 30th anniversary.
1: Is that because Chase talked about it at length on your on
0: no, show no No, I, I, I looked at the albums that came he, out.
1: Because the way he described that made me want to go back and listen yeah, to it. But
0: so. I, well, I basically looked at, the, I wanted to do an album that was turning 30 next year, so I looked at all the albums that came out in 1993 and picked mm-hmm. that one. Uh, and fi- and finally, uh, I'm going to do a episode dedicated to Pearl Jam versus Ticketmaster because people just moan and go on about Ticketmaster and their prices and practices today, but Pearl Jam had to tell us But you know years who's going
1: to finally bring about change, right? Taylor Swift. I
0: don't think she can.
1: I, th- I think if anybody can, she could. I, I mean, she's a little bit more well-known than Pearl Jam, so...
0: She is now, but Pearl Jam was the biggest band on the planet when they took them on, and they wasn't able to make headway. Hmm. So that's what I've got in store for you. Also, I have a brand-new sponsor coming on for the first few episodes. You're
1: just a tad bit excited yeah, about it, I can't, offici- tiny I can't
0: officially announce it, but I promise you that it is awesome, and there will be ways and for you all, the listener, to buy a some special – merchandise it is a collaboration between this podcast and that sponsor and we'll be announcing those details soon so before we get off here thank you dixie for not just joining me today but all the episodes you did
1: you are very welcome
0: if i get the analytic when i look at my analytics report that i get on a regular basis and it tells me my most listened to episodes four out of the five most listened to episodes in the history of this podcast you have been a part of i'm
1: almost positive it's not me it's probably <laughs> the topic But I'll, I'll, you're welcome uh, and i think
0: <laughs> i can't off the top of my head probably remember everything everybody else to join me this season as a co-host but i thank everybody that did uh just know that you are appreciated several of you all will be back for season three and you already know that because we've been already picked our topics Most of all, thank you all, the listener. I obviously wouldn't even have a show if no one listened.
1: And asked obscure questions. And um,
0: (laughs) I can't wait to get back at the new year and play some new music and have some new episodes for you all. Until then, we'll be taking a break over the holidays. No matter what holiday you celebrate this time of year, I hope it finds you and your family healthy and happy. Until next time, this has been That One Show with Brian Combs. You all take care, and I will see you in, well, not, uh, well, talk to you in 2023. There you go. (laughs) That one show is presented to you by Thatcher Barbecue Company at the Gorge and is written, recorded, and produced by me, Brian Combs. If you enjoy this show, I ask that you recommend it to at least one other person with whom you think would enjoy it as well. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.